Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Are you unaware of Satan's schemes? We started a new series last week with this title and we looked last week that if we are unaware of his schemes, Satan will take advantage of us. He knows if we are ignorant of his devices that he can easily get a hold in our lives. And last week we also looked at one of his main schemes is that he is a deceiver and he is a liar. This week we're going to look at another one of his schemes. Satan is a tempter. And we're going to look at the different ways that he tempts us and how we can overcome. One of his names, or he's called the tempter in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 3, when we look at the temptation of Jesus, the word of God says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones that they become bread. So he is called the tempter when he brings the temptation to Jesus. His first recorded act in the word of God is also to tempt. So we know that this is one of his most powerful tools that he uses, which he knows and he knows how to use it to get a victory in our lives. What does it mean to tempt? To tempt is to entice or try to entice someone to do something that they believe is wrong, but yet it looks very attractive. Something that you find attractive, but you know it is unwise to do it or that it's wrong to do it. Now in the scripture, the word that is translated as tempt is often a word that means both testing as well as tempting. And the meaning of the word would depend on the context it's used in. For example, in Genesis chapter 22 and verses 1, where we see how God tests Abraham, the word uses God tempts Abraham. And even in the Greek, we see that often the word temptation has the meaning of testing as well. In Matthew 4, 7, when Jesus replies to the enemy, he says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So the meaning actually depends on the context rather than on the word itself. So often when we are tempted, it is actually a a testing to see what is inside of us. And the, the the tempting actually brings out what is within us. The enemy is scrutinizing us. He wants, he knows what is in us and he wants to test our true character and find out what is in us. But he can only bring a test or a temptation that God allows. He does not have the power to tempt us or to test us without God's permission to do it. For example, in Job, in the life of Job, we see in chapter 1 and 2 of the book of Job, God is actually bragging about Job to Satan. And God says, have you seen my servant Job? You won't find another one like him. And Satan requests for permission to test what God said about Job. And he says, it's only because you're protecting him. If you take out the protection, I am sure that Job is going to sin. So God gives Satan permission to tempt Job or to test Job. Even in the the book of Luke chapter 22, verses 31, we see the Lord talking to Peter saying, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. 
but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. If we have confessed Christ and we are walking with him and it is only natural for the enemy to ask, to test us or to tempt us. So when temptation or testing comes, remember it is to bring out what is inside of us and it actually shows us where we stand and where our heart is. So many of you going through things because in your journey with God, because you love Jesus and because you've declared your 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 devotion to him. And some of that will be tested. And God desires that we come out through that brighter and stronger and purified like gold. Amen. How does the enemy tempt us? Let's go back to the first time that he tempted to understand the scheme of his. In Genesis chapter 2 and verses 16. The word tells us that the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So this was the instruction that God gave to Adam and Eve saying you can eat freely of all the trees of the garden except this one tree. And in Genesis 3.1, we see the tempter arrives on the scene. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Now, the word subtle means crafty, deceptive. He, he was, he came in his true form to try to deceive. And he said to the woman, now he can speak to us. He spoke to Eve. He commune, he knows how to communicate with us. It may not always be through words, it can be through images, it can be through impressions in our mind. But he knows how to communicate. And his words and his his impressions are fiery darts that the word of God says he throws at us. And these fiery darts can, when they get inside our hearts, actually end up destroying us. So he he says to Eve, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So he began by questioning what she knew of the word of God. He said, did God say that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? He was testing her to see how much she really knows. Genesis 3 and verses 2 and 3, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it nor shall you touch it, lest you die. God told them actually to freely eat of all the trees of the garden. We see that Eve seemed to miss out that word, miss out on the generosity of God. She had partial information and she also added in more restrictions than God actually gave. She said, even if we touch this tree, we are going to die. So Satan was scrutinizing her understanding of what God had said to them. So when he saw where she was, he put out his next weapon and he directly contradicted what God said. In verses 4, we see the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. You see, he didn't even suggest to Eve to eat of the fruit. He just gave her the possibility of what would happen once she disobeyed. He simply sowed those seeds of his lies into her mind. He lied about the consequence of the sin. You're not going to die. 
Surely you will not die. Instead, something better is going to happen to you once you disobey God. And he gave her new possibilities. If you rebel, if you disobey, not only will what God said not happen, but a whole new world is going to open up for you. He's a deceiver and he's a liar. His thoughts and his suggestions are not just in our minds. They come to us from all around the media, the, the news, the, the television, the things we watch every day. Even the people around us, family, friends, his suggestions can be through a lot of different ways. And through these questionings of what God has spoken to us, that's the, the first thing he's putting out to try to tempt us to disobey God. So we see in verses 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. All the enemy did was to, to sow that seed while she reached out. He did not even suggest to her, why don't you try it? She reached out and she took the fruit and she ate it. The enemy only really tempts us in three ways. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 16, the word of God tells us, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. This, this talks about three primary ways that the enemy tempts us in. The lust of the flesh, uh, desires of the flesh and lusts for the things around us and the, the cravings of the flesh that, that want to be met and satisfied. And though all pleasure is from God, the Satan will tempt us to take it to excesses and take it to extremes. Because the word of God says that in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But Satan uses these desires and these pleasures and, and exaggerates them to get a grip in our lives. The lust of the eyes is the second thing. Seeing things, desiring them, seeing things and, and coveting them and craving after them. Every child of God has to train our senses to discern between what is good, what is enough, what is evil. And the pride of life, the pride to be better, to be wiser, to be greater, to be richer, to be smarter than, the, than everyone else around us. That's, that's of the world and it's not of the Father. Today all around, the, the pride is what makes people keep going for more and more. They're not content and they're not satisfied. The enemy went for these three things, even with Eve. When she looked at the fruit, she saw it was good for food to satisfy the lust of the flesh. She saw it was pleasant to the eyes to satisfy the lust of the eyes. And she knew it would make her wiser than what she was then. It knew, she knew that she would her eyes would be open. She'll become like God and it would make her to a, take her to a better place than where she was now. Now, these three things are what caused Eve to finally reach her hands out and lay hold of that fruit. And these three ways are also what the enemy uses to take advantage of us. He actually takes advantage of the desires that are in us. In James chapter 1, verse 13 to 15, God's word says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God or tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. 
Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. God does not tempt anyone to do evil. The word says we are tempted when we are drawn away by our own lusts and we get enticed. You see, Satan knows uh, our desires. He knows uh, what we are going after. And he, he, he chooses to tempt us with those areas of our life. And he merely provides avenues for our desires or our cravings or our lusts to be met. See, if the desire was not there on the inside, the temptation on the outside would fail. So God's word says we are tempted when we are drawn away by our own desires and then we get enticed. So what if we know that this is an area that I keep getting tempted, I keep falling in this area. Then we know that it is because of a desire in our lives or our hearts that is not submitted to God. And every time the enemy brings a temptation from the outside, we get enticed into that. And it says that when, when lust conceives, it brings forth sin and then sin grows and brings forth death. So the enemy takes advantage of our desires and he plays on that to bring us and cause us to fall into temptation. What are those things that you think are, are desires in your heart that you need to bring to submit, submit it to God? For some of us, I know it's different things. It may be lusts, it may be cravings, it may be pride, it may be wealth. The word of God talks about those who desire to be rich. First Timothy chapter six and verse nine says, those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many other foolish and hurtful lusts. The desire to be, to go, grow richer, grow wiser, grow smarter, grow bigger. The word of God says it is a temptation and it is a snare. And those who are with that desire actually end up falling into many more foolish and hurtful lusts. Our desire must be to do the will of God and to please God. And even in our work cannot be to get richer, but to glorify God through everything that we do. His word also tells us Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So lust and desires in our heart actually attract Satan and they open our, open us to be prey to temptation. And we need to bring desires before the Lord and ask him to help us to deal with them. The good news about these schemes of the enemy is that he uses the same schemes even today. He uses the same tricks today. He uses the same three ways that he started with Eve. He used those same ways even with Jesus. And praise God that he has failed miserably when he came to tempt Jesus in those three areas. Let's look at how the Jesus went through his temptation. In Matthew chapter 4 and verses 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So the Holy Spirit led him up to be tempted. And he had to come through this temptation if he could be trusted with the authority that he was going to receive after that. So this temptation was him proving that he could overcome the enemy. And then he was, he was given the authority to, to defeat and to destroy the works of the devil. It says when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. See, Satan probably heard the, the voice from heaven that says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he knew that, oh, this is... Jesus, the son of God. So he comes to Jesus with 
to test him with the word that he heard God speak to him. The same thing that he did with Eve. He said, if you are really what God said you are, the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. Again, he played with what Jesus' greatest desire would have been at that time. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So Satan knew right now, the one thing that he really craves for is food. And so he puts that in front of him and says, if you are the son of God, just speak to these stones and they will turn into bread. But we see how Jesus responded saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus immediately identified the scheme of the enemy. And he took up the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit and said, I know what is written and what you're asking me to do is against what is written. Then the word, so here he was tempting him with the lust of the flesh to satisfy or to fulfill a desire of his flesh. The next thing the devil did was to take him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest your foot dash against a stone. Here, Satan wanted Jesus to do a presumptuous act of jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. And he even had a word from God to confirm it. He said, the word of God says, if you jump down, he's going to send his angels to catch you. He wanted Jesus to tempt Jesus to prove that he was really the son of God. And everyone would see the angels coming and rescuing him. This would be his chance to show them who he really was. The enemy was trying to play with the pride of life, trying to push Jesus to do what he could do, but he chose not to do. Jesus, again, identifying this scheme of the enemy said, it is written that you will not tempt the Lord your God. I will not make, I will not put the Lord my God to the test to see whether he will do that or not. If God has not asked me to do it, I am not going to do it. So that's another another way, way that he played on Jesus to push him into the pride of life. When Jesus won that test as well, the next thing he did was that he took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and you will worship me. And then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Here he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He showed him their glory because he knew that, the, that what Jesus really came after was to get back the earth that he had lost, get back mankind that he had lost to the devil. So he said, I will give you back all of this. I will give you its glory. I'll give you humankind even that you came back for because they now belong to me. If you will only bow down and worship me. Here he tested Jesus on the lust of the cravings of the eyes and showed him whatever he could see that he thought would be attractive for him. Jesus again resists him by using the word of God and says, I will not bow down and worship anyone else but the Lord my God. So we see that if the son of God needed the word of God, needed to know what was written to stand against the schemes and the wiles of the evil one, how much more do we need the word of God to resist this enemy? Another thing about our enemy is that he is an opportunist. In Luke 4.13, 
word says after he tempted Jesus now when the devil had ended every temptation he departed from him until an opportune time the devil ended all the temptation for Jesus and then left him but was waiting and watching for another time where he can attack the enemy will look for times when we are weary when we are tired when we are busy when we are distracted when we are discouraged depressed or when we are emotionally down maybe when we are hurt when we are in pain we are upset we are offended those for him are opportune times those are times we need to be on our guard even more because he is like the word of god says he's like a he's like a prowling lion and he's looking always for when he can devour us he is looking for a weak moment for him for to jump upon us with his schemes and with his traps so in those times when we're discouraged maybe when we are under a lot of pressure when we are not filling our hearts with the word of god remember that those are opportune times we cannot afford to not be alert and not be watchful like the word says how do we have the victory from the tempter we know his strategies we know that he plays with lusts he plays with desires in our heart he plays with the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life we know that he will look for times and seasons when we are weak to bring these temptations in front of us so what can we do how can we stand against and resist the temptation number 1 is to pray the word of the lord tells us repeatedly jesus himself in the lord's prayer matthew 6 verse 13 he asks us to pray lead us not into temptation so that is something that the lord has has commanded us to pray that lord i i i'm asking that you will keep me from the from the temptations of the evil one the lord has also commanded us to watch and pray so that we don't enter temptation matthew 26 verses 41 to be watchful and to pray so we must pray lord keep me from times of temptation keep me from times of testing of my faith and even if i do go through that lord i want to come out victorious if you are going through temptation right now and you are not able to get the victory i urge you to continue to pray and ask the lord it is the lord's desire that we come through victorious in every temptation it is the enemy's desire that through that temptation that we get destroyed but god wants to give us the victory so pray and ask the lord lord i need help in the middle of this temptation i need you to keep me and i need you to guard me another thing is to be alert first first peter 5 8 says be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour especially like i said in times when we are weak when we are discouraged those are the times pull up your guard be watchful be watchful of every thought coming into your mind be watchful of everything that you are thinking that you are feeling because the enemy may be walking around with something to tempt you with the third thing that we need to do is to have the word of god in us psalm 119 verses 9 says thy word have i hid in my heart that i may not sin against you in luke 8 and 13 we see the parable of the sower the seed that fell on the rocky ground could not did not take enough root and the word says this but the ones on the rock are those who when they hear they receive the word with joy 
and these have no root who believe for a while and in times of temptation they fall away so the rocky ground the, the where the, when the seed fell into rocky ground we see that because the roots were not deep they could not resist temptation how deep is the word of god in you your word have i hid in my heart not just read not just not just heard it on on the audio bible but i have hid your word in my heart that i won't sin against you if the roots of the word of god are not going deep enough when the time of temptation comes we will be like those plants that just fell away because we need the root of god's word if we have to stand and resist temptation another thing that we need to do is to flee or to run away from youthful lusts second timothy chapter 2 verses 22 says flee also youthful lusts but pursue righteousness faith love peace with those who call on the lord out of a pure heart if you feel that you're in a place where temptation frequently comes in that area you need to get away from those situations don't hang around there and think oh i can handle it it's 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 easy for me i can walk out of this any time that's another lie of the enemy the word tells us run away from youthful lust run away from your wicked desires and run towards righteousness faith love and peace so if we are not running after the things of god we are most probably running after something else it tells us to actively pursue after what is right what is good what is peaceful what is what is what god calls love and faith it tells us to follow after that run away from any form of temptation we see when joseph was tempted with potiphar's wife he didn't hang around there and try to talk her out of it or coax her it says he just left his robe and he ran and though it was used as evidence against him it was the test about joseph's life that showed what was really in him so flee youthful lust and pursue after righteousness faith love and peace go after what is good with with all your heart and the the lust or the the wrong desires won't have a power over you then the next thing to do submit to god and resist the devil resist temptation don't don't cave in under it submit yourself to god yield to god pray and keep surrendering your will to god pray and tell god god i do not want to give in in this place of temptation and resist the devil don't be passive when temptation hits you and and think that you are weak what of god tells us in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man so if you are going through something another lie of the enemy is that you're the only one who's going through this Look at all the others do you know that nobody else has this problem you're the only one that faces this you're the only one whose heart is so wicked that's a lie of the enemy the word tells us that whatever temptation you're going through it is only what is common to man but god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation he will also make make a way of escape so that you may be able to bear it so another thing to remember in the middle of temptation is that if this is coming against me then god knows i can handle it god knows that i am bigger than this 
otherwise he would not allow me to be tempted like this so if whatever temptation is is in your way whatever the enemy is is tormenting you with just know that god has has allowed it because he knows you can have the victory in it and he has also made a way of escape there is a way out and god has provided it and as you walk with him you will find it let me encourage you don't be discouraged in the face of temptation we are greater than the temptation we're standing against so if it is there it is because you are able to handle it another thing to do is to put on the armor of god is to go in the strength of the lord we cannot fight the enemy with our own strength we cannot fight him with our own weapons he is more powerful than that but he cannot stand against the armor of god god's weapons are powerful to destroy his schemes so the word tells us reminds us put on the whole armor of god and one part of the armor that we looked at last time was the belt of truth and we also looked at the sword of the spirit another part of the armor is the helmet of salvation over your mind guard your mind with the thoughts that the word of god allows us to think the helmet of salvation is to put on and to remember your salvation and to walk in that salvation to guard your mind with all your heart to guard your mind and to to watch every thought that is coming and to not allow the temptations of satan to enter into your mind put on the whole armor of god take up the shield of faith and when he tempts you take up your faith and resist him the the weapons of god are powerful enough to destroy the works of the enemy another thing to do is to stay in fellowship if you are struggling in some way with something you find hard to deal with you need to stay in fellowship with other people that can help you out of it the enemy will tell you you're the only one going through this don't tell anybody keep it secret what are they going to think of you if you tell them what's been happening with you that's another lie and that's another scheme you need to go to somebody a leader someone you trust someone who can who you know can help you and ask them see i'm dealing with this i'm struggling with this i need help can you pray with me can you encourage me can you tell me what i need to do some battles we can fight alone but some other battles we need others to come alongside and to hold us up and to strengthen us and to encourage us so stay in fellowship if you if If you're going through temptation and you need help let there be people that you can ask for to pray you know one of the greatest weapons of the enemy is to keep things in darkness his power lies in keeping things in secrecy and the word of god tells us to walk in the light as he is in the light when you come into the light the power of darkness is broken the mystery of sin and temptation is broken satan knows he has no power over you if you get into the light he can only hold you as long as you are in the light so i encourage you come out into the light find somebody that you can share the truth with and you will see the miraculous power of god that comes through to enable you to break free of everything that the enemy has been trying to do against you another thing to do is endure till the end and don't give up in your battle against temptation the, the victory will come don't give up and don't give in saying i can't fight this this is too hard for me this is who i am this is where i am and we stop enduring we stop fighting against that temptation 
The word tells us in James chapter 1 and verses 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So when you've been, when you endure temptation and you hang in there, the word says after you've been approved, after you've come through that temptation, there is a crown of life that is waiting for everyone that loves the Lord. So don't give up in the battle. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There is victory for us in Christ Jesus. The enemy is not more powerful than our king. And there is a crown waiting. So know that the temptation is a, it is a testing of what is inside me. And God is showing me what my heart is really like. And I am going to work on this and I'm going to change my heart and I'm going to go after what is good and what is right and I'm not going to give in and I'm going to endure till the end till I receive that crown of life which the Lord has promised for me. Finally, my brethren, rejoice, the word says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith Work with patience. James 1 verses 2 to 4 tells us this, tells us to rejoice even in the middle of temptation, even in the middle of the testing, because we know that our faith is being tested and our our patience is being worked. Our faith is becoming stronger. And it says, allow patience, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing through this temptation or through this testing, through this trial, God is preparing you for something greater. As you overcome it and as you come through, don't lose your joy. Don't lose your the, the joy that comes from being in the presence of God. And know that the enemy tempts us because he wants to destroy us. The, the consequences of yielding and giving into the temptation is far worse than, and, than what we are going to lose when we given to that temptation is far greater. The cost is so much that we must, we must resist temptation. The, the eternal consequences of the little things which the enemy is bringing in our way, uh, we don't see them. They, they seem very small. They're just little stuff. They don't matter today. But in the long run, he's taking you farther and farther away from the crown of life which the Lord has kept for you. God wants us to be victorious in the face of every temptation. Finally, let me end with this scripture in Revelation 3 and verses 10. Because you've kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial or the hour of testing or temptation, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. There, the, there is an hour of testing, an hour of trial, an hour of temptation, which is going to be very hard to stand against. And the Lord says, because you endure, because you have persevered, I will keep you from that hour. God wants you to be victorious. God wants us to uncover and expose every scheme of the enemy to tempt us. And I pray that the Holy Spirit through this word will just show you the different areas in which he has been tempting you. For some of you, the temptation is just passivity, to do nothing, to not follow after God with all your heart. That is a temptation to resist that temptation. When he says this much is enough, don't go after God. Don't love him with all your heart. Keep a little bit of the world, keep a little bit of the flesh and have a little bit of God as well. That's a lie of the devil. The word of God says, 
Follow him with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. And as we as I just believe that as the word of God comes into our hearts, that the Holy Spirit will expose every scheme, every temptation that the enemy has been using against us and we will be victorious against the schemes of the enemy. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.